Thank you for joining another episode of Jules by Jules. Well, today's episode is with an amazing couple that I have been blessed to get connected with for over a year now. God has connected us um, intentionally and strategically for such a time as this. Um, I would like you to meet Sherilyn and Trevor. Sherilyn and Trevor is one of our youngest couples at our church, but they are full of wisdom and knowledge. And I want you guys to just sit back and hear what they have to say about our youth for today. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for a new amazing episode of Jules by Jules. Um, I know it's been a while, guys, and it's been a hiatus, but I know this is time was not wasted, and I know today's topic and today's couple will bring about a lot of reasons why I've been putting on this on a hiatus. I just want you guys to just sit back and just relax and just enjoy this amazing couple. Today, I have Sherilyn what, what? and Trevor Osuna. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. So, Sherilyn and Trevor have been hanging with me, what, since last year? About a year now. About a year now. And so, God has connected us very strategically and intentionally for great things that are to come. But I wanted to bring Trevor and Sherilyn on an amazing podcast right now to really talk to you about their journey because right now they're like the youngest couple in our church I'm telling you and they're doing amazing things at our church and Trevor's giving me this eye like what is she talking about if y'all could see the face expression <laughs> right now he's like what is she talking about um but God they are the one of the youngest couples in our in our church and yet they are just still on fire but they're full of wisdom so the first thing I want to ask you guys um how did you guys meet who wants to take it? Um, we met at our old job, um, probably like 2011, 2012. And it was, we don't really even remember how we exactly met, to be honest. Nope. It's, we just know that later on we knew each other. So we don't know how we met. Well, we knew how we <laughs> met in the sense that we were working together. We were working in the same department. We were working for our city in our recreation department. Technically, Trevor was one of my, like, supervisors Ooh. at the time. Risque. <laughs> um, but yes, to be like, oh, I remember I saw you. I have no idea how I saw him. I don't know. It just happened. It, it just, just happened, happened and like, then months later. Yeah, like, a few months later, he just started bugging me, so. You were bugging her. So how long have you guys been married now? Uh, it's going to be two years on March 3rd. Oh, awesome. So... You guys have different culture, different backgrounds, different things. So I'm going to talk with Sherilyn first because, you know, they say ladies first, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so Sherilyn, like, talk to me about your background and how your background has helped you in okay. your process of being a wife. Um, okay, so I am Puerto Rican, um, raised very Puerto Rican all my life, mm-hmm. very Hispanic culture. I've always been raised um, since birth in the Hispanic church. Um, it's very different from the American church. Um, not that one's better than the other or anything like that, but just culturally it's very, very different. Um, how it's helped me in the sense of being a better wife or just a wife in general. Um, I think in the Hispanic culture, you're taught very, um, traditionally that you 
you always tend to honor your husband mm -hmm. um, and that your husband is the head of the house. Also, just um, just the way you go about things and how you do your your day to day and what's as a Hispanic woman, you're kind of raised with this unspoken rule of there are certain things that are are outlined for your responsibility as a wife, you mm -hmm. know. Whether it's like the traditional mindset of like, oh, you need to cook, you need to clean, you need like, you know, the the woman takes care of the inside of the house and the man takes care of the outside of the house. Um, just things like that. But it's it's those things that are always kind of just putting your back burner growing mm -hmm. up that like, well, my mom cooked every day or this was this, you know, my father took care of the lawn. Like just those old school quote unquote things that you're just always kind of trained in. Um, and the same thing, just like Hispanic women, like I'm serving my husband. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this is the little details, right? That not every culture cares about, or not every culture like thinks about, or is not like, oh, that's important. No, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, Trevor, I'm gonna hit you with the same question: like, how did your culture, what you've learned, prepared you for being the husband? Um. So. I was raised but by what's considered my stepfather, but he's always been my father figure. I'd never seen him anything differently. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know my real father, but the man who raised me, I always saw him as my father. Even to this day, he's always like, oh, you know, like, it would be great if you did this or we did that. I'm like, we're family. You, you know, I'm your yeah. son, you know, so it's, it's funny how he, he'll, like, have keynotes towards that, um, but... It was just that role that he took up and upholded, and he was he tried to be the best father that he could, the best to his ability. Um, my parents were both. My father was an orphan, and my mom she her her mom and dad um, weren't always there. They were working or doing something where they just didn't have the ability to watch over them. So in that sense, um, family was always like a huge deal, um, whether it was like a huge deal where they just wanted to have a family but to me it was a huge deal that even as a uh, a man going to be a husband and to be a father figure um later on in life it's just something that i uphold and want to always keep as like the most respectful thing and to have at the most um um others to just kind of look up to and see the what a man should be the role model that they should be so in my family, like, my mom kind of held on some of the roles as, like, you know, what a, a father figure would kind of play, but my dad would still uphold, like, the leadership and the structure and everything of that nature. Um, so it would always play a dual purpose in that sense. Um, but into that, into myself maturing and kind of growing to be a man that could uphold that type of father uh, that type of figure as a husband um i felt like my grandfather was kind of a role model and also um what my father would represent so like i always would try to be respectful i would always try to be the best of my ability to show not just my my wife but also like other women what respect is you know mm -hmm. um 
people always kind of like nowadays they don't have the respect for man or women like they should have and like even going around um to the store or something you know opening doors for people people always be like oh wow and i thought chivalry was dead Mm -hmm. you know like and that shouldn't be something that people question um and i always want to have that type of role where going into my marriage it was just you know having that respect that foundation of who I am and who I want to show my wife you know um and what our marriage represents and who she is to me um having that type of respect and type of role where I'm a I'm the man of the house is to be respectful of his wife and to show others that you know this is what the role of a husband should play right so I like the fact that you brought uh, one of the questions about the young people today. So you both serve in the Revive Youth. Shout out for Revive Youth. What, what? Um, which is our youth, our youth group, um, youth ministry, not group, youth ministry at Abundant Life. Um, but you guys serve as leaders on there. So yes. what do you think, like, you guys are a young couple, but what do you think is lacking in our youth today that you've learned in your growth that is lacking you think is lacking okay. either anyone could take, take are you gonna take this one all right um, go for it i think overall i wouldn't say our church specifically i'm just saying like youth in general of today's mm-hmm. generation i feel empowerment and responsibility okay. um i feel like those always hit home to me of what i feel our generation and upcoming generation needs um because like I was saying earlier, at 15 years old, I was empowered to be a head of a ministry. And there was people younger than me, there was people older than me. And of course, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was still empowered with the responsibility of, you're the leader of this. And you get bumps and bruises along the way, but you just have a different level of responsibility than you could imagine. And in that, you were also taught what it is to walk out leadership and what it is to walk out being a man or a woman for God. And I feel like sometimes in our upcoming generation, they lack the areas of where they can be held responsible or have the authority given to them to branch out and be like, I'm going to really take ownership of this Mm -hmm. specific thing. So therefore they try and find it in either other ways or they just get really lazy and complacent. And I think that's the bigger issue, that there's just a lot of lazy and complacent. I think there's youth that have um, a plethora of potential, but nowhere to plug it into, or they don't know how to. It's not that a church is saying, no, you can't right. you know, lead right now, <clears throat> yeah. but they're just not vocalizing it. And so instead they just like take an easy route and just like, oh... I'm not going to do anything or mm-hmm. I'll let so-and-so do something or until my name physically and actually yeah. verbally gets called, mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll change my ways of certain stuff. Okay. Um, definitely in agreement. And to add to that is that um, just church wide, um, as far as youth goes uh, globally, I think here in America, like the biggest thing is just, that they don't feel like they're wanted or that they're mm. not needed. Mm, and um, if they sit on the sidelines and watch other people grow, they're just like, okay, well, I guess I can just sit back and then they'll kind of like 
fade into the dark you know um if we as as the older generation show that they're wanted and that there there's a responsibility for them because they're going to be the next generation to lead up the younger generation that if they if they see that they're necessary that they'll take the responsibility that's needed but as far as right now there's a lack of that there's a lack of that want there's that lack of showing that there's a responsibility that they need to take up but there's also a, a lack on the older generation now that shows them that they're wanted and that they are necessary to grow the church mm-hmm. i have one more thought of course <laughs> you do i know you do <laughs> uh, i talk a lot guys um okay. no uh, the other thing is um and i hate to say it in the sense of like not talking about like a solution but just talking about the problem because it's mm. not that our youth is a problem yeah but um there's not enough and that's a a society issue not um just a church issue is there's not enough deep roots Uh, um there's not enough like we're a society where we're chasing a hype and constantly chasing what's trending Mm -hmm. instead of being deeply rooted in truth so we chase after events and we chase after moments and we chase after excitement and we chase after what's the next big thing Mm -hmm. instead of just digging our heels into the ground and saying, you know what, this may not be the popular thought or this may not be the popular vote, but I'm going to get dirty and I'm going to seek after this thing until God comes and just blows it away instead of what can we bring to the church that's going to be a hype so that we could get people together and so on and so forth. It's There's a lack of deeply rooted and I don't think that's just um a youth thing that's just a a church-wide thing because that's an american cultural issue where we lack identity and we lack where understanding of where we need to be deeply rooted yeah so i I love how you said that like it's we we talk about the church in america in general because i've seen bishop operate in different like in different countries and the response is so different because people are the hunger for the presence of God and the hunger because these people are is either they have God or they're not there's no option they need God to survive where we have such a plethora of a lot of things so there's nothing that is lacking so we can't there's nothing no hunger too many options that's the word I was looking for there's too many options there's there's no hunger and I and I have a question with that like either one of you can answer like how can we build the hunger for our youth? Because technically, our youth, that next generation that's coming up right behind us is the ones that are supposed to take us to that next place of what everyone's been calling us, the revival. Like, how can we help or what can we do to, like, b- help burn that hunger back into our youth? I think where it really boils down to is that, like what I said before, is that sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, when they find that they are responsible um and what we need to do as the the generation of now is to really show that there's a responsibility there's a need and there's a necessity for them to advance not just the culture of the church but just what the the human life needs to be because Mm -hmm. if you look around what the culture of society is of the youth right now it's it's just a mess Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like Sherilyn was saying, like, they're just going after trend after trend after trend. And soon enough, there's just gonna, just gonna go down into a, a black line where 
there's no more trend after that and then mm. they're going to try to find what's the next thing mm. and what they need to do is really see what god is you know they need to be shown who god is and that it's not just a culture but it's a lifestyle that they need to yeah. uphold um like here in america you see that there's a lot of younger generation churches that are developing um and what i feel like is they're developing because of what they're taking on from other countries um if you look at like australia if you look at the other other countries that are surrounded um globally you'll see that there's a lot of youth that are actually taking that responsibility because they actually have a leadership that shows them where to move and where to go that's good and what we need to do here is is like our generation here in america we need to really take on that responsibility to show them where they need to go and what they need to do because mm-hmm. they're just looking for the next big big thing mm-hmm. but if we show them that there's a need and a want for them to be here in in uh, what god's culture is with with god's lifestyle then they'll see that there's something better out there than just ch- chasing the trend mm-hmm. they'll see that there's a God out there that's just waiting for them to just be loved on. There's a God out there that's just like, there's so many youth out there that are struggling with their identity, struggling with the love, being loved by other people because they don't have that love being shown onto them. Mm -hmm. But if we can show them and express that love onto them where it's God's love being shown through us, that they'll see that there's a deep root, like Sharon was saying, that's necessary where they can be planted into God's kingdom. That's good. Go. Um, no, yeah, kind of what he said is just the, the, the short, sweet answer is us, mm-hmm. our generation, the, the now generation. We need to fix ourselves first. True statement. Like True statement. Plain and simple. Plain line and simple. So, and I love that because sometimes we get, our generation have, We've been left undone, mm-hmm. unfortunately. We've been the left undone generation where the generation before us didn't do their job. Yeah. Uh, point blank, end of story. They didn't do their job. So our sense of responsibility did not get thrown on us. We had to mm-hmm. yearn for it. Mm-hmm. And now our generation is coming behind us. We now have to teach them that the, the millennials, aka, um, and Generation Z, whatever they call them now, um, to pull them up to, it's not handed to you. You have to go after God. You have to seek after God. You have to go want to know God. You have not only the presence, but his word, because his word brings the presence, right. no matter how you look at it. Because we have some churches now, they're all presence, and you you guys know me. I was sitting in the presence for hours, and, I, and that's just my heart. Mm-hmm. But you know what? No sustenance. Exactly. You can't have, and we talk about this all the time, we always will talk about you can't have all presence and no substance as a a body of Christ. It doesn't make sense. You can, what good is it to be soaked in the presence if you don't have a structure to reach the rest of the world? Right. What good is it to have a structure to reach the rest of the world if you don't have that presence? So it just works hand in hand. Yeah, and I, I've seen... Who was I listening to? I was trying to listen to... Sorry, Bishop. But I was listening to Mike Todd. <laughs> I love you, Bishop. But I was listening to Mike Todd. What? And what I loved about his, his message that he's going on with Crazy Faith is he's not only teaching them about presence, but he's teaching them about that faith, that faith walk. Yeah. 
Right. And some of these kids don't know what it is to have a faith walk. And I know people generations in my generation that don't understand if their parents keep handing it to you every single day. And if you fall and your parent is there to pick you up, you will never know how to be independent of your parents, but dependent on God. Right. And I think that's what another thing that we lack is that everyone is so dependent on other people to get to where they need to go. No, you need to be dependent on God and independent of everything else. And that was one thing God taught me. So we're going to shift for a little bit. Um, I don't know where we're shifting to, but we're going to shift a little bit, Jesus. Uh, but responsibility, you know, I know you guys want to have children's. Yeah. <laughs> As I say it in my own little children's. 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 Um, that's, it's, that's children for the ones that don't understand what I just said. Um, <laughs> Mini Osunas. Mini Osunas. So... Minnesota's. No, mini Osuna's. Mini Oreo, 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 Oreo. So, this is a test to see if you're really listening. Really listening. All right. So, with where we are at today in our culture, how would you, you mind you, you guys are like two years in, right? You guys. Probably, I don't know. I've never been married. I don't know how your life is. I've seen it on the outside. Sometimes I see it on the inside. Not the, the gushy parts. <laughs> but how would you raise your child when you get pregnant with your children? Um, I'm not telling you how much they want. But their children. How do you, what do you think that you need to plan even now? to raise your children in this generation that's coming, like, right now, in the, where we are right now, like, politically, mentally, everything that's coming them out uh, in the media, like, how do you plan on taking care of your children and raising your children in this atmosphere? Uh, first off, um, so you guys know, Santa Claus isn't real, so... Just what? Just, just Wait, what? Just what? <laughs> Santa does not come down the chimney. No, Santa does not. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, So it's going to, like, I'm a very blunt person when you come to really know who I am. Yeah. Um, I just, words just come out and people just be like, you just say that? Um, And that's just how it's going to be for my children. They're going to ask me a question and I'm just going to tell them how it is. If, If it's like... Birds and bees is a different story. Oh, dude, but, you saw my eyes open up like, what? But birds and bees is a different story. But, um, like, when it, it was comes... historic. It really was. <laughs> it was historic. You know, Dumbo, you know, it came, it dropped the, down. The baby. <laughs> um, but there's, there's really going to be a sense of, of um, truth. You know, we yeah. can't hold anything back from them. Yeah. And even now, you really shouldn't tr- hold anything back from children, whether it's the good, the bad, or the ugly. Right. You have to tell them straight up how it is. If something, if you as an adult did something wrong, you have to confront your own child and tell them, listen, you know, I did this wrong and this is how it should be. Mm-hmm. Whether you, you didn't pay a bill or you hid something from your, your spouse. Don't do that. Um, you know, or and your child's watching, you have to not only confront your, confront your child, but you got to confront your spouse and let them know exactly how it is. Because what's seen on the inside is going to be brought out to the outside yeah. by your child. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because children see everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you're doing. They will act upon what you do. Correct. So if as the responsible parent does responsible things, your children will soon follow. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they see how you act and what you do. And what you do and you act is going to reflect not only on yourself, but through them. Because your child is going to soon do what you do. Mm-hmm. And you they're not even going to realize it. And someone's going to bring it to their attention and be like, where did you get that from? They're going to think about it for a moment and be like, oh, I got it from my mom and dad. I didn't even realize they did that. And you're you're putting your DNA as a parent into your child. Mm-hmm. Everything that you worked for, everything that you did to be... The child of God is now reflected into your child of God. Oh, that's good. So you need to reflect who God is through your life so that your children can reflect who God is in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, you're, if your child doesn't see you pray at night, if your child doesn't see you read your, your Bible morning and night, if your child doesn't see you worship every day, if your child doesn't see you doing the things of God's kingdom... They're not going to do things of God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, well, my mom and dad don't do it, so why do I have to do it? Right, you know? right, right. Um, no, pretty much the same. Um, I think you kind of handle it like on a practical side. Um, but I think like in today's generation, we've put like the spiritual things in raising children mm-hmm. in a like negative light. Yeah. Like you're raising your child to be religious and it's like... Yeah. You have to think about it and go back and it's just like biblical times. We didn't have all the things that we have now. That's just literally the custom was what God's word is. Yeah. And we've taken that into our society and our day and age and have looked at it in a poor lighting. And it's like, no, but that's what it is. Like our prayer always is, is God we want you to use us, but don't use us if you're not going to use all of us, like our kids. Like, mm-hmm. if our kids can't be called into what you have for us, then we don't want it. Mm-hmm. Because this needs to be a family thing, not just a me and Trevor thing, or not just a me thing or a him thing. It needs to be all one, two, three, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, all together. And I think for us, the biggest way that when we have our kids to combat today's society is from this even before they're born is constantly feeding them that spiritual food Mm -hmm. um, where they have an understanding. Yeah, they're probably going to like wreck a bunch of little kids and be like, (laughs) no, Santa ain't real as Jesus. You know, I I know already that I know that I know that our kids are going to be the wreckers of (laughs) other little children's... Broken dreams. Hopes and dreams. But that's okay. But in 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 the things that aren't very important correct (laughs) um but they're gonna be able like our goal and our our hope is at the end of the day that they are children that are empowered that Mm. they're going to just live the kingdom in an innocent childlike way where it's like oh this person's sick they know nothing other but let's go pray for them right Mm -hmm. let's oh this is going on well, this is a solution. Mm-hmm. Things that as are so simple that we have faith and we have understanding. Like the Bible literally just gives us instruction. 
But as adults, we complicate it because we lose childlike faith. Right. And just giving our children childlike faith to understand that good is always going to triumph evil. Yeah. You know, give them that fairy tale faith, but no, at the end of the day, God is always going to win. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what's going on in life. God always wins. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you always win. And just understanding, like Trevor was saying, this is what's going on in the world. But reminding your child, you're not of this world. Yeah, yeah. This is what's going on, and this is what the world says, and this is what school's going to say, and this is what people around you are going to say. But teaching your child to be rooted in truth. Mm-hmm, and yeah. again, not being like, well, I'm just raising a whole bunch of religious freaks. No, I'm raising people that are rooted in Christ and know what the word is. Yeah. And it's rare that you see it because once again, what are parents doing? And it's yeah. not like, oh my gosh, I, I'm a, not a parent, so I can't speak. But it's knowing where I want to be as a parent. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. I haven't walked the walk yet. But I know what the desire of my heart is when I walk that walk. Yeah. No. And I'm conscious of it. So therefore, when the moment comes, I can prepare myself for it. Mm-hmm. That's good. You want, go to, ahead. to add on to that, um, we as Christians are to act in love. And our children are to act in the same faith, in the same way. And just as we all know, like, we're this this culture of of um this world is going into where there's so many different genders now yeah um where there's so many different um religions or whatever mm-hmm. it may be um our children aren't going to to shun the person they're going to shun what their their act is you know bishop says it all the time just because this person is a homosexual or is of this doesn't mean you don't love them right. the way Christ loved them. Christ lit, was sat at a table with a bunch of sinners, but he didn't see them as sinners. He saw them as children of God. And that's the same way we need to bring our children into that same um, way of thinking, the same way of, of Christian faith um, to show them that they are to love each and every person. It doesn't matter what gender, what color, what religion, whatever it may be, they're to love them the same way God loves us. That's good. Someone's going to listen to this and be like, I don't want to see that kid. I don't want to see how holy they are when they're coming out. I know it. I know it. I'm just listening and judging so hard. They haven't walked a walk. They don't know. I put my kid in bed and I pray every night. Yeah. Love y'all. Girl, you ain't got no children, so how you know how it is? Yeah, no, but you know what? But you know what is? It, it's something that, and I love that fact that you brought that up too, because something that really sparked my spirit, and I was while we were talking about it, Carolyn Shuttlesworth has been posting these declarations um, for children, for your for your husband, for your family, and for your children, and I've copied all of them. Why? I'm not married. I don't have chick nor child. Not yet. Um, but I, I have a family. But like I posted on her, on her thing this morning. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. Now I can pray these things daily. And one of her response to me was, yeah, yeah, Julia, yeah. Because you're praying for the things that you want right now. So right now, you're not pregnant yet. I, I, I don't know yet, but 
Immaculate conception. Immaculate conception. But the Lord's touch. I'm so done. But you know, <laughs> But you are praying about you're already speaking into life what you want your children to become. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? So the person who is already judging you, it's not your fault that they made their decisions and how they raised their children, but you are already putting it out there right now. This is how I see my children are going to be. Mm. This is how I want to raise my children. God, show me how to raise my children in this in this biblical way that you show me. We're not going to be religious, but we're going to have a relationship with heaven and bring heaven into earth with my family. And that's how I see it. Yeah. I don't right. see it as, you know, y'all being extra. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think that people may have an open mind to it's like you know even if you have children right now and you ch- you are praying every night but things are still going on in your family god what do i need to do right what do i need to change in my attitude that my child has picked up for me i know there's some attitudes that i was talking to a friend of mine today there are some things i act just like my mother god help those <laughs> <laughs> and i have literally said Father, help me. And it's nothing that she's bad. It's nothing bad, but there's some tendencies you pick up from your parent mm-hmm. that necessarily is not what you need to pick up or release. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be careful what your children are watching. Like you said, Trevor, you have to kids see everything. Right. They hear everything mm-hmm. and they repeat everything. So you have to be very careful. Um, so I wanted you guys to say as to wrap this up, lovely topic which god just spun this how he wanted to spin it i love him um you guys are young couple not have kids yet but you guys have a vision about what you want for your family mm-hmm. you have a vision i want you Sherilyn, to talk to the girls who are in that place of waiting because you waited mm-hmm. to match trevor and you also had a vision of what you want for your family yeah. i want you to talk to the girls and and give them and advice like their heart would give them something that's from your heart to help them in this waiting time and then Trevor for the guys okay Go. okay so I always think that things come when you least expect them when mm-hmm. you stop trying um to to constantly be like God, where's my husband? God, where's my husband? Is he my husband? Is, is that one? He smiled at me. He gave me a compliment. Maybe. Like, women have that tendency of always, like, planning out the wedding and the name of the children before they even said hello to somebody. Um, and it's just, that's just who we are. Yeah. Because from our nature. birth, you're like, let's plan weddings and let's do this. Like, you know, it's just who you are. Um, but what's funny to me is, even though the process was never perfect, it's never going to be, it never is. Um, but what I can look back at from things that I did when I was 14 and 15, I see fruits of. Yeah. Um, because even though I did them without fully knowing what I was doing, I can see now um, those prayers answered. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though things got messy sometimes along the way, I still see the fruit of that. So like, for example... I remember being 14 and or 15 years old and writing a list of what I wanted my husband to look like. And one thing that I always, 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 and I remember because for whatever reason, that's just one of those things that are just deeply rooted in me is I always told God, like, I want 
a man that loves ministry and loves you the way that I love you. And I want our family to serve you. Like that's never been a question of the matter. You know, it's, I want somebody who loves you radically and crazily the way that I love you in every area where one day I could be like, God, you're such an amazing husband, you know? And then the next day I'm like, daddy, Mm -hmm. like, Somebody's going to be like, that's so weird to go from husband to daddy. No. But that's like who God is. Like yeah. I remember being 14 and 15 and looking to the moon and I'm like, I know there's nothing. Like it's just the moon. But I could just be like, oh, I'm like Juliet at my balcony window. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. God, you're just there, you know, and just romanticizing those things. Um, but just knowing what you want, yeah. knowing what you believe God for and not being, um, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Not being influenced. I think when you're young, when you're young in teenager years, Mm -hmm. you're influenced by who you're crushing on. When you're in your twenties, it's still the same thing, but having a, like praying to the whole, with the Holy Spirit and like really getting with the Holy Spirit and saying, what do I need and what do I want in a husband? Mm-hmm. And as you meet people and as you talk to people mm-hmm. and you realize that there's missing pieces of the equation, mm-hmm. that you're not wasting your time and you're not wasting your heartbreak. Yeah. Because I always used to say, I'm not a collector's item to be giving myself to pieces. Like, I'm not, I don't need to be entertained. Um, it's easy to just, give a piece of my heart away and a piece of my heart away and a piece of my heart away. It's a lot harder to not do that because I know at the end of the day, somebody wants to buy a new car than a used car, mm-hmm. you know, in all areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the biggest thing is just really knowing what you want and sticking to your guns. Um, that doesn't mean to be like standoffish and like, oh my God, no. But like to somebody who, I okay, I know young ladies that are like, I am praying for a husband and I'm praying for the one that God has for me and I'm ready and this is my season, but somebody comes to them and it's like, Hi ma'am, you look so pretty. I don't like you, go away. Like, you know, like we just need to be like open to what God has, but not too open, but just here's my checklist. Does this match up with my checklist? No, it does not. Thank you very much, sir, for your time. Be blessed, brother of God. <laughs> That's a sweet, simple version. Okay, so before I move to Trevor, there's a couple things you said. So one, did he match up to your list? Did Trevor match up to your list? So when I first, like when Trevor first started pursuing me, um, I wouldn't say necessarily in the way I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was very much blinded, but why? But about what I thought I wanted mm-hmm. in that moment, because at that moment, and that's why I say it gets messy sometimes. In the moment, I was very um, on what I was crushing on, what my mm-hmm. my flesh desire was, instead of really thinking of truth. And um, I was reading something the other day, and I don't know if I can pull it up real fast. Um, but the it was saying all it was saying is that at the end of the day, your marriage is God uniting two people for a kingdom matter. Yep. 
we get so selfish in our heart's desires and it's nothing wrong with that god gives you the desires of your heart and at the end of the day god is never going to have somebody be like jesus is telling me that random person down the street is your husband that's not how it works because god gives free will yeah but at the end of the day we have to understand a very big truth that who we marry is so important Mm -hmm. that you can't just be united with anybody because your marriage and the union that God is bringing these two vessels to create one vessel is a kingdom matter. And there's things that I know so well and I see and I can identify more now that if I didn't have Trevor as my husband, there's things that I wouldn't be able to do. Mm-hmm. Like um, in general, I'm a very independent person. And when I have an idea, like I'm ready to run. If I was married to somebody else who was like, I'm sorry, you did not... We didn't think about this together. We didn't plan this together. You know, there's an understanding of me. I I need to run by my husband and be like, hey, I have this idea. What do you think? Mm -hmm. But he'll be like, yeah, that's awesome. Run with your vision, you know? Mm -hmm. So just things like that. When you don't unite with the person that God has for you, your purpose and your calling can't be fully brought out because the pairing is incompatible. So basically you're saying don't get comfortable with your list. Yeah. Good. So I love that because here's the thing. I have, <laughs> I've been that person that you've named, like all of those people. I know y'all, y'all laughing, but y'all been some of those peoples too. Come on. <laughs> um, but one of the things is that what I've learned is every time I look over the vision for the husband that I, that my heart desire and it's not like flesh but it's my heart desire it expands Mm -hmm. god would never god will always give you more than you can ask or think of but you have to here's the thing ladies you have to write it down Mm -hmm. gentlemen i'm going to get to the guys in a minute but you have to write down what you want Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know bishop talks about it write the vision make it plain the, the vision is not going to happen. It, it is for an appointed time. The time, the clock starts the moment you put period at the last thing that you write on that piece of paper. If you didn't write it down, it ain't going to happen. And if, right. you, if you're not the person that's a writer, vision board it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know what I want. You know who was my vision board husband? Chris Hemsworth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the god of thunder. The gods of thunder. So... <laughs> But to be honest with you, I moved away from the God of Thunder because the God of Thunder doesn't do it for me anymore. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't do it for me. Yeah. I just realized that my, God has opened up my eyes for different things and different areas of what I want in my husband and what he... Because I personally, um, I'm a tough cookie in a good way, but I'm a strong cookie. And not anybody can handle a strong cookie like me. And it's okay with that. So I come back to say that you are willing to allow God to utilize, even though you put the list down, but he give you something much better. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think we get scared to ask God for Yo. the desires of our heart. True. Because we're scared of a no. Yeah. Um, like for us, we had a word spoken over us where... It was write down, pretty much put it in the tall order of what your kids are going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that we hold on to that word as stamped, sealed, signed, delivered from God. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's no... Going back. There's no, well, maybe, 
And when you talk to people, when you're secure in what God has given you authority over, Mm -hmm. people look at you like you have 10 heads. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, well, what if it's really this? Or if it's it's like, well, no, because God said. And that's it. And having the freedom of saying, God, if you said that I can order my children from heaven, from your womb, then God, this is what I'm doing. The same thing. There can't be fear to order your husband from heaven because if the earth has estimated over 7 billion people on it, don't you think that God created mm-hmm. it already? It's predestined for you. Yeah. It's yeah. whether you accept the call to that man or not, or woman or not. Yeah. So it's not being fearful and saying, God, these are the real desires of my heart. Yeah. And this list might look completely insane and... Th- this person doesn't even sound like they exist, but moving past that and believing God enough for the big things that if it hasn't come, maybe it's because what you're praying for is a whole whale and not a, just a fish. You're, it's not an easy catch. It's not an easy reel in. It's, it's taking time because it's this monsoon blessing for your life than a small one. Yes, Julia. That is my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just hung up on the whale thing, but that was a good good analogy. So I'm gonna let Trevor talk right now because <laughs> we just took over this that whole part. So Trevor, go talk with the guys. Um. So first off, you can't you can't just be running after every lady that you see. Um. Number one, not respectful. Number two, it throws yourself out there like you're just waiting to get every bite in the ocean. A little bit of Elvis Presley out there, guys. Nothing but a hound dog. You cannot be a hound dog, okay? Just because you're a dog in the hound doesn't mean you have to be the hound dog. Wow, wow, wow. We just get all kind of analogies tonight. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the men will get it. I don't know. But go ahead. So, like, you can talk to women, but you can't be friends with every lady you see. And then when you find the quote-unquote right one, that you can still be with friends of the those ladies. Correct. First of all, you shouldn't have lady friends. That's mm. just that's just bad to begin with. Mm. There's a reason why guys are guy friends and ladies have lady friends. You know, and when you start sparking that, you're like, ooh, man, she's good looking. Ooh, she's good looking. Ooh, she's good looking. Let me go talk to her. All right, that one didn't work. Let me go talk to her. Oh, that one didn't work. Well, I think she's going to be my next wife. Oh, that one didn't work. You have to stop looking at every lady like a fish in the ocean, you know, where it's like, I throw this one back. I throw this one back. All right, let me catch this one. Let me throw that one back. It didn't look like the right size. It wasn't the right fit. It wasn't right, right this, right that. You know, um, I'm sure Elder Black knows this and probably a lot of fishermen know that. There's a certain type of tuna that's in the water mm-hmm. worth a lot of money. Don't even know how much it is, but it's probably way more than like thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And people are fishing for that right catch to get that fish because they know how much it's worth. If you stop worrying about all these other fish that are in the water you're gonna find that lady that's the right catch and it's priceless Mm -hmm. if you stop worrying about let me fish this fish fish this fish get this girl let me get this girl 
and you just look at what God has for you, like they, like the ladies were saying, you need to write down what you want your, your dream wife to be, what you believe your dream wife is. And if it lines up, then you know you have something working. If it doesn't line up, then it's not working. Me, myself, I didn't write it down, but I spoke it out. Um, a long time ago, I was with one of my old friends. We were talking and we were just, we were just talking random stuff. And he's like, who would you want to be your wife? And the first one that came up to my head, this was before Cheryl and I got to know each other. And the first person that came up to my head was Cheryl And he's like, well, why? And I'm like, well, first of all, she's beautiful. You know, obviously you are men of eyes. You know, you see with your eyes before you see with the heart. Mm. And it's just, it just goes like that. So she's beautiful. And second, she's a woman of God. Third, she doesn't get past what she knows to be true. She doesn't just let the door swing open wide for any guy. She wouldn't, she stand, stood hold and strong to what her beliefs were and what she wanted and how she presented herself as a woman. And that's how every lady should present herself as someone that's not going to be just as some guy knocks at the door and is like, oh, let me go ahead and open the door open for any guy that passes by. You need to hold that door strong and you need to ensure that that castle isn't being breached by every soldier that's passing by. Right. Um, and gentlemen, like, just because you're a man, just because you're a soldier doesn't mean you need to be chasing after every damsel in distress. You know, there's a right woman that's for you and you need to understand that God has that right woman for you. So stop looking for every girl that's around the corner. You like for Sharon and myself, like I was persistent. Yes, but that persistence was held on with responsibility. And that persistence was held on with respect. That persistence was held on based on what she, she already knew what she wanted. And I wasn't that guy at that time. It was until God revealed who I needed to be as a man that in that right time, she finally said yes. But it wasn't just a few months later. It wasn't just one year later. It wasn't just two years later. We got married after probably four or five, maybe six years of even knowing each other. But we didn't date until four years after knowing each other. It was going through four years of getting to know each other before we actually said, you know what, let's go. Before she said, we can date, you know. And when she said we can date, she told me, if I date you, you're the man I marry. So that's a big responsibility on your own part. You have to know that the person that you're going to date, you're not just going to go and have a, a summer fling. The person that you date has to be someone that you truly want to marry. And if that person is the, true, the one you truly want to marry, you need to uphold the respect that that's the woman that you're going to live each and every moment the rest of your life with. Now, as a man, you have to know that there's a lot of women that have been broken from other relationships. You don't need to be the man that just goes ahead and said, okay, here, here's my shoulder for this moment so you can get comfy for a little bit. You need to be the man that's like, this shoulder's for my wife. And when my wife comes, that's the only shoulder I have. There's only one spot where this, head, this shoulder will have a head to lay on. And that's where your, woman, your wife comes in. Your woman. 
Your woman. <laughs> Tells you guys lots of wisdom for this young couple. And they're not even 30 yet. Just saying. Okay. You guys give a lot. Sorry, we talk a lot. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's cool. Because it's a lot of things and a lot of nuggets that we... People need to hear. Yeah. And people need to understand, like... It, it, the wisdom is not necessarily coming from the older generation, but the wisdom God is still pouring out His wisdom mm-hmm. right. on the younger generation, and so I'm I'm super excited that you, I got an opportunity to really sit with you guys. Um, so I'm gonna pray us out because it's 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 amazing to see to hear the words. But I want you guys that who are listening to this podcast right now to really like seek your heart, like search your heart, and really think about like. Am I just running after the first breeze that blow or I'm waiting to be steady until the right person comes? Like, are we steady? Are we, are we training our children to be the right children of God? Are we gearing up and training the next generation to, take out, to go after God the way it needs to go after? Mm-hmm. Like, search your heart. Like, even if you're not called to the youth of America, and that's not your mountain <laughs> to go after the youth of America, train the person that is supposed to go after the youth of America. Like, everyone has an assignment. Everyone has a call. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has an assignment upon this earth. God didn't hold your birth until now just for kicks. He made sure he is intentional about everything. And he brought you in this world for such a time as this to do something specific for his kingdom. So, God, we just thank you for this amazing podcast today with these amazing people, Lord. And I pray that every person that listened to this podcast tonight, that is released tonight, or this day, Lord God, let at any time that they listen to it, let it pierce their hearts. Let them position themselves to hear what heaven has to say about what they need to do to get ready for their children, to get ready for their spouses, to get ready for the next generation, to, to train other people up. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that it, everything, let it be a word that changes lives, that changes perception, that changes their mindset to go after the things of you, Lord Jesus. I pray that even now, Lord God, that you are touching hearts and minds, that, Father God, we bless this house of the Osuna house right now, Lord. I pray that, Father God, as they release their heart in this podcast, that, Father, that you are continually blessing them beyond measure, more than they can ask or think of. And thank you, Lord God, for another podcast that we're able to just reach your world with life. Yes, I am stealing. No, stealing is not the word. I'm using our mission statement at Abundant Life that this podcast will reach world with life. And we thank you, Lord God. We praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for joining another episode at Jules by Jews. Have a wonderful night. Bye-bye.